You're listening to The Beauty Brains, where real scientists answer your beauty questions. And now, here's Randy and Perry. Welcome to episode 134 of the Beauty Brains. We are two guys, and when we're not talking about superhero movies, oh, we're God. enlightening people about cosmetic products. I am cosmetic chemist Perry Romanowski, and with me, as always, partner Randy Schuler. Yes, and I'm still trying to, to draw up that Venn diagram that shows the uh, overlap between comic book fans and beauty science fans, because that's the niche we're appealing to. I still tell you, the Joker is a cosmetic chemist, for Christ's sake. <laughs> hey, hey, Brittany, uh, uh, before we get into this show, which we have this amazing show, we're going to talk about some beauty science news, some hair repair technology. Mm-hmm. We're going to answer your beauty questions about, you know, the cosmetic industry <laughs> and whether aluminum is really bad for oh. you in deodorants. Oh. Before I get to that, um, I want to ask you a question about something that happened to me on the way to a restaurant last night. Oh, a per- personal anecdote regarding you. That's <laughs> unusual, but let's try it out. Well, I know, I know we haven't had one in a while, but so I was walking to this restaurant. I live in the city of Chicago mm-hmm. and going to this fine establishment with my wife. And I saw these two cute little animals that were right next to the fence. One was this little tiny guy and one was this little slightly bigger one was like the mom and the little okay and i stop and i point these out to my wife and i go hey look at that cute little kitties there Mm -hmm. i should say as an aside i call all animals kitties it could be a a pigeon a squirrel a (laughs) raccoon i say hey look at that kitty and and you have a biochemistry degree okay (laughs) i do i do it's just a shorthand for animal sure so anyway these two kitties just happen to be rats <laughs> so it was like five o'clock it was light out and i thought they looked rather cute but my wife was horrified by these rats she just gets completely grossed out and i i gotta be honest with you i don't understand the disdain that people have for rats i kind of think they have a cuteness to them i got two words for you bubonic yep. plague <laughs> Yeah, if you get bit by them. I, to, to me, a rat and like a squirrel, they're very similar, no difference, right? Yeah. yeah, so there you go. So anyway, uh, I, I'm still, if anybody could explain to me the disdain that people have for rats, uh, I'd love to hear it. Uh, perhaps the most disturbing uh, rendition of your fondness for urban animals to date. I, <laughs> ah, yes. I remember when it just used to be bunnies and spiders. It's taking a turn for the worse. Yeah, not, well, you know, springtime, the, the rats are coming up. All right, shall we get on to some beauty science news? <laughs> yeah, let's do that. <laughs> you know, we always get your personal anecdotes, and, and we always get to talk about where in the world is Perry Romanowski this week. Yeah, but yeah, sure. I, I want to talk about something I did. I attended. Uh, yeah, I attended you, you a... You went a, some... You got, I, wait, I, first you got out of the house? <laughs> Well, I, I attended a, a seminar on uh, new hair repair technology. Really? So, yeah. So, so I'm kind of a hmm. So, so where did where did you go? Well, the location doesn't matter. It's really the you know the quality of the information that's important. And you know, I thought this one was fairly uh, well, exceptional. Uh, you're right. It's not important, but you went somewhere. Where did, where did you go? Well, look, why do you care? Where? Okay, fine. I was in my living room. It was a webinar. 
that but, makes but sense. the information was really good, so I wanted to share sure. that with our readers. Sure, or sure, listeners sure. or viewers or whatever <laughs> we're doing here. The, the beauty brainiacs of the world. There you go. So, you know, over the years, we've written a number of articles about split end mending. And for the most part, conditioners and other hair care treatments really do very little to repair, repair a split end. Um, Actually, a lot of people don't know, but Randy Schuler is one of the premier researchers in split-end technology in the cosmetic industry. I hadn't thought of it that way, but I suppose <laughs> you could say that. You just did. I, I, there, there probably aren't a lot, but <laughs> <laughs> you, you certainly have spent a lot of attention on this subject. Uh, well, I have a new expert that I'm going to talk about here. Um, so we specifically, we talked about this polyelectrolyte complex that we had developed uh, for use in Tresemme and Nexus products, and a few, a few other brands actually use that as well, because that technology was proven to actually mend split ends. It would last through several washings. Right. Um, that technology would get inside the split and, and seal it from the inside out, essentially. Well, this webinar introduced another technology that apparently really works. Uh, this one is called uh, Carabeads or Vega Vega Beads, I guess. Now that's the that's the trade name, obviously. Uh, and these come to us from a company called Earth Supplied Products. Thank God they're not using elect, uh, extraterrestrial technology. It's Earth Supplied, <laughs> right. so relax if you're right. concerned about that. The Mars uh, Supplied products are a lot more expensive. <laughs> so the uh, the and, and I think the reason for that link there is that these capsules are made from natural materials. They're made of alginate polymers, which come from seaweed. I think they even said they use mushrooms as a source huh. of of the natural polymers. All right. Uh, and the the presenter used an interesting analogy in in the discussion of this technology. He likened the structure of the capsules to a paper bag. So we talked about the inside wall of the bag having a positive charge and the outside wall having a negative charge. And this right. dual charge allows the capsules to be attracted to damaged hair, which has a negative charge, as well as other capsules. And just like with the polyelectrolyte complex we had previously talked about, these capsules are small enough to actually get inside the split end of the hair. And when the capsules dry down, they actually pull the split end shut. Uh, there's a great video of this on the company's website. I'll put a link in the show notes for everybody. So, so it's similar to the technology we've talked about before, but it actually goes, kind of takes it to the next level. So these capsules can also work to smooth the raised edges of cuticles so they can benefit from hair that hasn't even gotten a split end yet. And as a bonus, they can deliver oils and other materials inside the split. So um, the, uh, the, uh, the PhD researcher who presented the paper you know, acknowledged that the oils were probably more for marketing claims than anything else, but it is a delivery sure, sure. system, which is something that the PEC technology we talked about doesn't do. So it, it is differentiated to some extent. So I thought it was really interesting. And, you know, I'm always skeptical about these vendor presentations, but knowing yeah, how we well, be, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but knowing how well the PEC technology works seems very feasible that this could work as described. I had a couple of follow-up emails with the presenter to get some additional details. Looks very legitimate. So I just wanted to give a shout out that there are a couple of brands on the market using this stuff in case anyone's interested in trying it. Um, there's a, and to be honest, these are brands that are new to me, but uh, Complete Hair Treatment by HBL. Uh, okay. Do you know HBL? I've never heard of that brand. I don't know. No, no, no. Uh, there's a product called One and Only Argan Oil Split End Mender. It's not the argan oil doing the work, but the <laughs> polymer complex. That. Uh, That's perfect, the marketing. perfectly posh has a couple of products that use this, this technology, and perhaps the Spice Girl, perhaps most famously, uh, the Living Proof line has a perfect hair day 
uh, fresh cut split end mender that uses it. So if you're interested in uh, a, a hair care technology that really has a shot at fixing split ends, you might want to look up one of these brands. Yeah, I know the Living Proof folks over there have some real, you know, science. They, they tend, yeah, they tend to be more science based than than many other hair care brands. Well, that is fascinating. I'd love to hear that you're going to conferences now, <laughs> even if they are. Like, well, you're leaving your office. <laughs> I did have to go into the living room. So <laughs> there you go. Hey, Randy. You know, I have a story about some new technology. Huh. Uh, yeah, Nivea has created this new app. Um, and the app is, they collaborated with this company, Happiness FCB, and it's a smartphone app, Mm -hmm. and it's called Nose, which (laughs) tells men when they smell bad and need a deodorant. Wait, what? (laughs) What? I thought it was K-N-O-W-S. Uh, no, no, this is N-O-S-E. Uh, yeah, it's actually more than an app. It's a, uh, a case that you put on your phone. I, I don't know why people use cases on phones, but... <laughs> okay, screen I, breakage, naked, but okay. Well, there is that, yes. Well, anyway, now here's an even better reason to get a case for your phone. It's, it's a case you put on there, uh, on your phone, and it has an electronic nose sensor. Okay. Uh, plus, it's an app. And so what you do is uh, you hold your phone up to your armpit, <laughs> Come on. and then it will tell you whether you stink or not. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's going to do this. Now, well, you know, the, the, the YouTube video ad that they had, was it was very tongue-in-cheek, but essentially they showed three guys sitting on a couch, and they both kind of look at each other with a funny look, and then the one guy puts his phone under there, and the Nivea ad comes up and says, you stink and you need a deodorant. <laughs> Wait, but wait, seriously, so is this something, I, I can see this as, uh, you know, deodorant or antiperspirant researchers using this as a tool to measure product efficacy. That makes total sense, but you're telling me... That's that's the technology they're using, yes. Okay, but are you telling me this is actually marketed toward consumers? You can buy this for your phone? According to the article, the app is currently being tested worldwide and is expected to launch onto the consumer market later this oh year. Oh, my God. Nobody's going <laughs> to buy that? <laughs> ridiculous. Like, I, I've got a, I, don't need, I don't need an iPhone to tell me whether I smell, right? You just like a... <laughs> I mean, that, you know, that's you know ridiculous. Now, if they would make it work with the Apple Watch, I'm in. <laughs> So look for that new technology from Nivea Men uh, coming soon, later this year. (laughs) I'll do that. Hey, one more quick. We usually do just just a pair of stories, but I have a real quick one. Um, One of our loyal fans asked me to share this study from the uh, Personal Care Products Council. Uh, Do you want to explain to our audience what that is? The PCPC. (laughs) They are the industry-funded group that helps with cosmetic regulation. They kind of set the rules that everyone is supposed yeah, to the, the, For the self-regulation of the industry. Founded in 1894, by the way. I didn't even realize wow. that. That's They've been around a long they pre-date time. predate the FDA. Yeah, according wow. to the article. But anyway, uh, the PCPC... Uh, so the PCPC has found that the personal care products industry is a major contributor to the U.S. economy. Not, not a big surprise. Uh, but the numbers were bigger than I would have expected. In 2013, the, um, the the beauty industry, if you want to call it that, added almost 240 billion to the U.S. Uh, gross domestic product, and supported wow. close to four million domestic jobs. 
It's pretty cool. That's a lot of jobs, yeah. Uh, but the really interesting part of the article was that this research showed that uh, women, and including women of diverse backgrounds, are really at the heart of the industry. They said that the share of management positions held by women in the personal care products industry is higher than the U.S. average for other industries. Uh, and women and those with diverse backgrounds accounted for nearly 74% of all industry employment and 61% of management positions. So that's a lot of women in, um, you know, key positions in this industry. Yeah. You know, we've lamented in the past that there aren't more female cosmetic chemists, but it does seem they are uh, represented well across the industry as a whole. Well, I have to say, going to the conferences where I actually leave my house and travel, <laughs> and this is view, uh, I have noticed that the the audience in these conferences are a, a much higher percentage of women than it used to be. Hmm. And your wife's okay so. with that? <laughs> she, she is. She is okay with that. All right, just check. I just just want to remind you that I stop and point out rats. <laughs> it takes a special girl to, to tolerate this dude. <laughs> Oh, excellent! Oh, boy. All well, right, well, good for the cosmetic industry. You know, I was when when I started at Alberto Culver's, low so many years ago. Mm-hmm. I I always thought it was hilarious that the CEO of the company was a bald white dude. <laughs> <laughs> it's a hair care company, and the guy has no hair. <laughs> Ironic, ain't it? <laughs> at least Alanis Morissette would think so. I don't even. Get, right, I don't I'll... even get that reference. Yeah, she does that song, Irony, or I, isn't it ironic? I don't know. Who, you don't know that song? Uh, Morrissey? Wasn't he with the Smiths? Is this who? It, who? Uh, that was The Doors, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, speaking classic of doors, rock and roll. Oh, sorry. Let's, uh, let's get on with our cosmetic yeah. questions. Hi, the Beauty Brains. This is Erin from Syracuse, New York. I have a question about deodorant. I heard recently that there are new deodorants that are marketing themselves with no aluminum and that we should be concerned about aluminum in deodorant. I'm wondering if there's any problem with having aluminum in deodorant and what the aluminum does in deodorant. Thank you very much. Well, thanks for that question, Aaron. First of all, don't get confused between antiperspirants and deodorants. Antiperspirants are the ones that contain aluminum salts that help plug your pores so you don't sweat as much. Deodorants, on the other hand, do not contain aluminum and they don't stop you from sweating. They only reduce your body odor, and this is done by either using a fragrance to cover up your odor yeah. or using other antibacterial compounds to kill the, the bacteria that causes the odor. Right. Now, this started around 1985, this idea about aluminum. Uh, Researchers found that Alzheimer's patients had high levels of aluminum in their brains. Mm -hmm. Now, there have been a number of studies since then, and at least one done in 1990 did suggest a link. Um, Researchers tracked the aluminum exposure of 130 Alzheimer's patients, but the study has been discredited because it relied on other people to provide data for the patients. Mm. It, you know, it just wasn't reliable. You find this a lot in scientific studies that are reported in the media. Uh, you know, if you look into any study a little more deeply, you can often find flaws in their methodology. Well, and you also have to look at the totality of studies that have been done and not just pick one outlier that supports some specific proposition. Exactly. Now, more reliable studies have indicated that aluminum in your 
uh, antiperspirants is not a problem. For example, a 2002 study evaluated over 4,000 people over the course of several years and found no increased risk of disease, you know, whether the patients used APs or even ate antacids, which also contain aluminum salts. Yeah, you'd think that would be the, the big contributor if you're actually swallowing antacid tablets. Like, that's going to pump a lot more aluminum in your body than what you would have absorbed through your skin. But Exactly. Now, the current hypothesis is that the high aluminum content in the brains of these patients with Alzheimer's is a result of the z- disease, not a cause of the disease. Mm. Uh, and it has to do with how the brain cells uh, eliminates toxins, right? Okay. And we'll include a link to this story from the New York Times there. So the bottom line, despite all of the fear-mongering you hear about aluminum in cosmetic products, the best evidence to date shows that there is no significant health concerns, you know, other than the fact that some people experience skin irritation from antiperspirants. Yeah, the aluminum salts can be a little harsh on skin sometimes, yeah. Exactly. And the fact that some men don't know that they smell, so they need a phone <laughs> app to tell them. <laughs> Uh, you know, the... uh, so, so don't don't worry about the aluminum salts in your aluminum uh, containing deodorants you, or antiperspirants. You, you know, the uh, the flip side to this is the the popularity of these so-called natural deodorants. And we continue to get questions about that. There was a, a fairly recent uh, discussion thread in our forum. Uh, one person, uh, Curie, I think her name was, said that uh, oh, crystal deodorants are so good. Uh, and I, this discussion doesn't explain the harmful effects of conventional deodorants. Uh, furthermore, many of the ingredients in these deodorants are industrial. Our bodies were made for natural products, which it just goes to show you that fallacy of once again believing all natural is good and, right. and all synthetic is bad. I mean, snake venom is natural, and that's not good for I mean, I mean it's just, it doesn't make sense. Start, and, you know, start putting that natural poison ivy on your skin. You <laughs> see how natural, how good that is. But <laughs> even more to the point, uh, those natural deodorant crystals, you know what those crystals are? They're alum which is an, uh, an instri- astringent that shrinks your pores so you sweat less. Um, yeah. And those contain aluminum, too. Those are a different type <laughs> of aluminum salt, but they still contain right. aluminum. Um, so anyway, so, and then, oh, and then one other quick point on this. Um, Allure recently asked me about using coconut oil as a natural deodorant. Did I, did I ever mention I'm one of Allure's <laughs> magazine's beauty experts? I think every other show you mentioned oh. can bring it up. Yeah, just let me remind everybody. But... Uh, <laughs> So they wanted to know if, if you know, coconut oil would be effective. I looked into it and I found that coconut oil does have some mild antibacterial properties. So you know, it's not inconceivable it could act as an underarm deodorant. But I, I couldn't find any evidence in the scientific literature that it's been tested against Staphylococcus hominis, you know, which is the bacterial species primarily responsible for producing underarm odor. Just because it sure. kills some bacteria doesn't mean it kills everything. Exactly. Um, so, I mean, maybe it could work, but in reality, it's it's not going to be a great solution because coconut oil is greasy. It right. Under um, warmer temperatures, it has a very low viscosity. So under your armpits, it's going to run down. I mean, it's yeah. it and, just... And, it's, and it has a comedogenic rating of a four on a five <laughs> scale. <so. laughs> zit, zit pits, I guess you might get. <laughs> right. so. Yeah. So I, it's not a, it's not a great thing to uh, to use. It wouldn't wouldn't recommend that. All right, before we get uh, to our next question, let's do a, a a quick iTunes check in because we have a couple more iTunes reviews. Uh, Thank you so much to everybody who gives an iTunes review. Yeah. iTunes reviews are important for us to it helps it helps us show up better when people are searching for uh, podcasts on iTunes and it helps more people find the show. So yeah. if you could go to iTunes and give us a review, we really appreciate it. Very and much the way so. we show that we appreciate it is we'll 
read you uh, read an, an excerpt <laughs> of your review on our, our show here. Right. And here's one from Leak23 who says, such great information. For example, I love how you explain the difference in alcohols. For many years, you hear things like, stay away from any products with alcohol. They just dry everything out. Now I understand what alcohols to avoid and what alcohols are good. I'll, I'll drink to that. <laughs> yeah, but just tea. <laughs> well, I've got one from Madam Broccoli Cupcake. <laughs> she says, I love these guys. They're smart, honest, and the best kind of nerdy. I personally love Randy's snark and really enjoy learning about Perry's various OCD idiosyncrasies. Yeah, like, like Rat Watch for one of them. <laughs> Personalities aside, I've learned so much from this podcast, like what types of beauty hacks to not waste my time on. Well, thank you so much for that. Yeah. O- o- you think OCD idiosyncrasies? Yeah, maybe just a little bit. Uh, uh, by the way, thank you for that review, but I got to tell you... A broccoli cupcake sounds disgusting. I can't, I wouldn't put those two together. It makes no sense. Yeah. I, 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 might, I might go try it, actually. It sounds <laughs> intriguing. I guess you have carrot cake. What's the difference? Exactly. Now, shall we move on to the last couple of questions? Yeah, we've got one from Little Tabby, who says, I saw these two articles about shower gel versus bar soap. One article states that shower gel is a waste of money, And the other one mentions that bar soap is less drying to the skin compared to shower gel. I've had severe issues with washing my hands frequently when using these gels, but not with soap. Can you please give your opinion on what is the better option? Okay, so uh, the answer is really, you know, what you mean by soap, because that's a term I think some people use imprecisely. uh, And it also depends on what kind of detergents and other ingredients are in the shower gels you're using. So true soap, so remember, you know, the chemical definition of soap uh, means it, it's uh, made from saponified fatty acids, right? So you take right, take right. fatty acids and you treat them with a, a high pH material and you get soap. Now, right. this material has a higher pH uh, and high pH can temporarily impair the skin's natural acid mantle, which is not a good thing because that natural acid mantle protects you from bacteria and disease and all sorts of things. Viruses, mites. Yeah, (laughs) right. So shower gels don't have this problem because they're made with detergents. So detergents are synthetic. They're different than soap. And these are things like, you know, your sodium laurel laurel or laureth sulfate. Um, So these detergents can degrease the skin if if they're too strong, but they don't have that same problem about raising the pH. Now, perhaps the best compromise are to use what they call Sindet bars, and that's, I think, what most people think of when they think of a soap bar, because most bars today are uh, synthetic detergent bars. Now, these are, these are milder than detergents, so like the sodium laurel sulfate that I just mentioned, uh, and yet they don't have the high pH of soaps. And these are things like, um, look on the ingredient list for things like sodium cocoyl isethionate. They're extremely mild, don't have the issue with pH. Now. Little Tabby said she was having severe issues after frequent hand washing with shower gels. You know, the problem there, you know, it could be a harsh uh, surfactant, or it may have nothing to do with the cleansing system, and it could be more about the preservative system, because some shower gels do use methyl isothiazolinone, or MI, as a preservative, and a fair number of people do develop a sensitivity to that, which causes the the kind of reaction that she described on her hands. So that, that may be the problem right there. Yeah, definitely a possibility. 
Um, you know, as always, it could be a reaction to some, just some ingredient. Well, it could be the fragrance in it. Too. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a lot of things. Yeah, it could be a lot yeah. of things. But, so the bottom line is, you know, you, it, it really depends on your personal preference, right? Yeah. Whether it's the soap or the shower gel. You know what, you know what I use for washing? I'm so afraid I, to I, hear this, but... <laughs> when I'm done washing my running clothes in the shower. <laughs> no, actually, I use, I use shampoo for everything. For everything, everything shampoo. Okay, so just, let's just take a moment for the audience to get that image out of their head. But <laughs> <laughs> what can I ask? Is there a specific brand? Well, right now I've got uh, VO5 in there. You know, you can get that for like eighty nine cents for like a pound of it. <laughs> <laughs> still, still. Which a good always value. amuses me when I when I see these these home remedies to save big money on your hair care, right. like. How am I going to save big money? <laughs> I don't see how that, hap- that happens. <laughs> All right. You want to take another question? <laughs> oh, sure. We've got one from Alessandra, and she asks, Can you please check the ingredients of this Lenore Grail Bane shampoo? I bought it in Italy, and it makes my oily hair stay clean longer. Mm-hmm. But I see laurel as opposed to my usual sodium laureth. Is it too harsh? Hmm. Interesting. Well, laurel is just the name of the carbon chain, and actually the laurel part is part of the detergent. Yeah. It, it, you know, it can appear in a number of different detergents. It seems to have gotten a bad name because it's the main part of sodium laurel sulfate. Yeah. But it's not really the laurel part that causes the problem. It's more because of the sulfate salt, right? right? So the Lenore Grail product doesn't contain any SLS. SLS is short for sodium laurel sulfate, but it does contain uh, other detergents that use laurel as the backbone. For example, it has sodium laurel glucose carboxylate, Mm -hmm. has sodium laurel laurel glucoside, and sodium laurel oat amino acids. These are, in fact, very mild surfactants and won't be as harsh as the SLS can be. It's it's interesting. It's almost like a, a little knowledge is dangerous, right? Like if yeah. people had no inclination of what ingredients were in the products, they wouldn't you know pay any attention to this at all. But they they get information that sodium laurel sulfate is bad, and it does have some issues. But if Ir- irritation issues, right? Irritation sure. issues because it it tends to bind to the proteins on skin and doesn't rinse as well. That is true. Uh, but it's not true that it's linked to causing cancer or any of the other issues you hear about. It's just that some people find it a little too harsh to their skin. Other people use it with no problem whatsoever. But because of that, now people hear sodium laurel sulfate. And, you know, to the uninitiated in cosmetic chemistry, I could see how you could say, well, I I heard sodium and I heard laurel, and I'm looking at this ingredient list and I see both those words, so I'm guessing this stuff is bad too. In reality, it's the other part of the molecule and the rest of these detergents that make them extremely mild. Uh, I (laughs) mean, I would expect this to be a fairly expensive shampoo because these ingredients are not commodity ingredients. They're much more expensive than SLS, which is, you know, pennies per pound. Exactly. And it it probably doesn't foam with copious amounts of foam. It may may have. Yeah, it depends on how they built the system with foam boosters. But um, yeah, I would expect it to to have a different lather quality. But it's it's funny. You just hear the sodium laurel. Don't tune out necessarily. The product may be perfectly fine. Although, you know, Alessander does bring up something that's interesting about laurel and loref mm-hmm. because sodium laurel sulfate is more irritating than sodium loreth sulfate right in fact 
And so you can actually change that laurel part with, uh, it's called an ethoxylation reaction, but essentially you make the, the molecule longer. Mm -hmm. And you can keep some of the, the foaming, and you're going to make it a little less, less harsh. But it's, it's not as simple as saying, well, laurel and laureth are automatically, you know, laureth is less harsh than laurel. It just isn't that simple. Right, right. Fair enough. All right, we've got time for one more quick question. This one comes to us from Kruntz. Uh, who says, what's the deal with products like Liptiful and Full Lips? Um, so in case you're not familiar with these products, they're another, uh, another variation on that sucking lip plumper trend. Uh, oh, yeah, you've yeah. seen these things, right? They're like little plastic cups. You press them against your, your lips and suck on them to create a vacuum. <laughs> right? Sure. My, my sister has done that on her back. <laughs> what about on her back? It's a process called cupping. It's sort of like a acupuncture sort of a thing where <laughs> you have these, you, you put this sucker on your back and it, it sucks up your skin and supposed to draw out all the toxins. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. Oh my God. It seems as wacky as the sucking lip plumper. <laughs> well, I, actually, there's this one isn't as wacky. Um, I mean, there is some merit to this, but the, the idea here is that this... Um, you know, the sucking, you know, creates a vacuum which pulls fluid into your lips. All and right. then, you know, this hydraulic pressure from the extra fluid creates a temporary plumping effect. So, I mean, it does work. If you suck on this, you'll see your lips are plumped up. And there's plenty sure. of YouTube videos to that effect. Now, after a little while, the fluid gets reabsorbed into the tissues and the lips go back to normal, which is why you have to repeat it every day. It's not mm -hmm. true that... You can train your lips to stay plump using this. You gotta do it, it you know, at least once a day, if not even more frequently. Um, so the problem with this is, you know, if you did it occasionally, it, it's probably not a big deal. You know, if you're if you're just out with your wife uh, on a night uh, night out on the town, rat spotting, it's probably fine. <laughs> <laughs> but but if, they were a little baby in Obama. <laughs> But if you're doing this on a regular basis, it, it looks like it could be a problem. I, I found an article that quoted uh, Dr. Dendi Engelman, who's the director of dermatologic surgery at New York Medical College. And Dr. Uh, Dr. Dendi says that the suction process, suction from this process causes, quote, vessel engorgement. By the way, if your vessel engorgement lasts for more than eight hours, please call your physician. <laughs> that was actually an old band I was in, vessel engorgement. <laughs> nice. Uh, but anyway, uh, Dr. Engelman says that all this extra blood in your, the vessels around your lips sets off an inflammatory response. So think histamine release. Sure. Uh, and that eventually leads to the plumping. But if you suck hard enough, you can, can even break some of these blood vessels, which will result in bruising. This is especially Ow. true for fair-skinned people. So, you know, these products are not really a great way to plump your lips on a regular basis. So I would, I would stay away from them. But then I have naturally plump lips and don't have to worry about it. <laughs> you do. <laughs> uh, no wonder you stay home most of the time. Uh, well, whatever. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess that brings us to the end. Uh, although I should mention that I finished listening to a book. Oh, what's uh, what's that? Waiting for Godot? Well, uh, no, this is a fascinating book called Missing Microbes uh, oh. by a Dr. Martin Blazer. Mm -hmm. um, essentially, uh, his, his contention was that the, the overuse of antibiotics is fueling our modern plagues. And so he said, that he, he, he claims in this book that, you know what, uh, asthma, mm -hmm. obesity, um, 
um, and a couple of other diseases were all the result of overuse of antibiotics. <laughs> People Obesity? getting taller. Yeah, because the idea was that your microbes that you're supposed to be born with mm-hmm. keep all of the other stuff in check. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, in fact, in fact uh, the obesity link was uh, one of the ways that you uh, that you make animals fatter in farm raising. Is That's why they give antibiotics, because they found that uh, animals raised on farms that are given antibiotics, they grow fatter faster. Hmm. And his his link is like, well, if it's happening in animals, that's right. probably what's causing humans. <laughs> what is, is this the Quack Watch reading list? Where do you where are you getting these books? You know, it's it's interesting, but it did have that little flavor of the the Quack Watch. So I, I don't know the claims that he made. He you know often you find this with researchers. They'll they'll have one topic and mm, that's their topic, right. and they use a hammer to solve every problem. So. <laughs> This is the solution to everything. Right, right, right. Cancer, obesity, asthma, <laughs> it all can be solved by microbes. So anyway, it's a, a fascinating book, I say. And if you want to listen to it uh, on audible.com, you can uh, try it out through our trial. Just go to audibletrial.com slash thebeautybrains and sign up for a month. And you can listen to The Missing Microbes and tell me what I'm missing. <laughs> but, you, but you can also feel free to, uh, to download non-quack-oriented uh, listening material. <laughs> Is that true? Uh, yes, you, you certainly can. In fact, you can get our own The Beauty Isle Insider, there you which go. is uh, uh, a fabulous reading of our uh, our first book, uh, It's Okay to Have Lead in Your Lipstick. No, <laughs> it's not it. It's not that Stop one. It. It's, we'll have to scratch that. Well, check out The Beauty Isle All Insider. Right, very good. All right, thanks, Perry. Uh, we are out of time once again. Oh, uh, darn. So it is time once again to tell our readers to come back next week. And until then, remember to be brainy about your beauty. kingdom where women were broads, liquor was booze, and cool was whatever they said it was.